Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, November 17th, and the time is 7 o'clock. And you are tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, and I'm glad you're joining us this evening. In case you're new to this podcast, the Parent Prodigals program is a program, a live call-in program that's dedicated to prayer, supplication, and petition, as well as spiritual warfare for deliverance and salvation of those of us who are parents and or caretakers of prodigal sons and daughters. And by prodigal sons and daughters, I mean those of us who are parents or caretakers of young people who have either never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or perhaps have wandered from the faith, and that makes them prodigals. You know, young people wander from the faith many times because perhaps they've been hurt by the church. Maybe they've had a negative experience in church. Some young people have seen hypocrisy in the church and have decided they want nothing more to do with church or Christians or reading the Bible. And they have wandered away for whatever reason, refusing to even listen to the word of God. And we pray that the Holy Spirit refocus them and that they return back to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about what other people are doing or how they're living, nor is it about the church. It's about their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we pray that the Holy Spirit touch their hearts and bring them back to the fold. Some of the young people have become involved with Things like drugs or alcohol, alternative lifestyles, maybe the occult, God forbid. They may be involved in partying or sex or relationships, unhealthy relationships that are keeping them and encouraging them to stay away from the gospel. Some young people have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe they come from a Christian home where their parents are believers, but they themselves have never desired a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And at this particular time and during this program, we lift up in prayer and supplication and petition and intercession our prodigal sons and daughters who are backslidden or completely unsaved. And we pray for their deliverance from whatever they're involved with and their salvation. You know, I've often said in previous podcasts that I don't believe that we are in the last days. I believe we are in the last minute. I believe that the second coming of Christ will happen during an event called the rapture. Rapture is the next event on the biblical prophetic calendar when Christ will come and snatch all believers away from the earth to escape the coming wrath of a period of time called the seven-year tribulation period. Those of us who have trust Christ will be raptured, taken out of this world to miss this horrible seven-year period of time. 
But many times when we think about this event, the rapture, we think about our unsaved sons and daughters. We don't want them to get left behind to face this awful time, nor do we want them to possibly face a Christless grave. The word of God says it is appointed unto once for men to die, and after this to judgment. Death can come at any time to anyone, young or old, healthy or sick. We read the story in the scriptures about the rich young ruler, the key word being young. A lot to live for, affluency, friends, wealth, popularity. But it was said of the rich young ruler that his soul, he was a fool, and that his soul would be required of him that very night. And he faced a Christless eternity. And so during this time, every Thursday at 7 p.m., until the Spirit leads, we lift up our unsaved sons and daughters in prayer and ask the Lord to touch their hearts, that the Lord deliver them from what they're in bondage to and bring them to the foot of the cross. Some people like the Apostle Matthew just merely got up when Christ told him to follow him, and he followed him. And Jesus saw the fishermen mending their nets. And the word of God says that Jesus told them to follow him, and he would make them fishers of men. And the word of God says they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. But some people, like I've said before, have to be knocked off a horse, like the Apostle Paul was, the persecutor of believers, Somebody was obviously praying for him, but his heart was so hardened, so stiff-necked, he was so resistant and so hateful that it took the Holy Spirit to knock Paul off his horse and blind him. If that's what it takes to bring someone to a saving knowledge of Christ, the Lord will do it. And so we commit our sons and daughters to the Lord to have his way and do what's best so that they come to a saving knowledge of Christ. This is a live call-in program, like I have said, and we welcome you to call in your prayer requests. You can text them, and we would see it on our screen, and we will bring your request before the throne of grace. If you so choose to remain anonymous, we will respect your privacy. We don't want to put anyone in an embarrassing position or compromise your confidentiality. You can make your request anonymous, make it an unspoken request with no details, and we will honor it. We may not know the details, but God knows all the details, and we leave it in his hands. We also welcome you to call in. to provide your insights. We look forward to hearing your insights. Maybe you want to share a testimony, what the Lord has done for you. Maybe you want to share a scripture or an insight of a word or encouragement. What you have to say can provide encouragement to someone who's listening. Ironing, sharpening iron. And so we welcome you to be an active participant of this program and call in live. Before we begin our devotional this evening, I want to start off with a word of prayer. Please join me 
in an opening word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, thanking you for this brief time that we have, Lord. And Lord, we just ask you first and foremost for forgiveness. If there's anything that we have said, anything that we've done, any thought that we have had, any attitude we may have maintained, any act we may have committed, any word we have spoken, no matter what it is, Lord, we ask for cleansing and forgiveness of all our sins so we can come boldly before the throne of grace so that our prayers won't be hindered and so that fellowship with you would be restored. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us from all our sin. Your word says, Lord God, who can ascend unto your holy hill? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. And that's what we want, Lord. Clean hands and a pure heart. Forgive us, Lord and make us clean in your sight. And I pray that you bless this time of fellowship between myself and all those who are listening. Let iron sharpen iron. Let what's said by me or anybody who participates in this program be a blessing, Lord God, an encouragement to the listeners. And as we bring our petitions later on in this podcast, Lord God, that you hear our prayers and touch the hearts of everyone who's listening, parent, guardian, or perhaps even a prodigal themselves who may be tuning in. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the title of tonight's devotional is God's Provision for the Despairing Heart. God's Provision for the despairing heart. And our text is taken from Psalm 73, verse 26. Psalm 73, verse 26. And I'll give you a moment to find that in your Bibles. You know, Psalm 73 is one of about 60 Psalms that are called Psalms of Lament. Or in Hebrew, Lament is Safad. Safad. It means to wail or to cry out. And to put it simply, the Psalms, these particular Psalms are prayers that express a troubling situation. And then they make a request for help. They express an intense emotion, real human struggles, and the anguish that someone feels in their heart. But after expressing these emotions, there's usually also an acknowledgement of God's power and faithfulness. These psalms start on a negative complaining note many times, but they usually, if not almost, end on a positive, faith-filled note. About 11 of these psalms of lament were written by a man named Asaph. Asaph was the director of music and worship under King David and King Solomon. Now, being the director of music and worship, who would think that Asaph would be writing song lament instead of just joy and praise? But he did, and with good reason. Asaph wanted to provide a complete picture of a person's and their experience in what their walk with God would be like. Times of difficulty, despair, and challenges to one's faith, but also acknowledgement that God is in control faithful 
and a source of strength, support, and encouragement. But what we read in his Psalms of Lament, Asaph was a sensitive thinker who expressed his own feelings of frustration and despair as to why God delays many times in answering prayer. Sometimes God delays responding to injustice. And Asaph, many times in his Psalms of Lent, was baffled in understanding God's ways. But after expressing what he feels, Asaph also expressed that God is loving, sovereign, and fully in control of every situation. And he can be fully trusted. Asaph recognized God's provision when his heart was in despair. Now let's read our text. Psalm 73, verse 26. I'll be reading from the New James Version of the Scriptures. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now, what does Asaph mean by his flesh and his heart failing? Well, if we unpack and take a closer look at those three key words, we see that flesh, which is the Hebrew word shair, refers to one's physical ability to continue on. It refers to physical endurance. The word heart, Hebrew for lebab, lebab refers to not just one's emotional ability to endure difficulty, but also a person's heart was also the source of an individual's will and the seat of intellectual understanding. And the word fail, which is Hebrew for kalal, kalal, means to be completely at an end, to be finished, totally consumed with whatever's troubling you. Kalal was the word used to describe fading grass that dried up in the hot sun, or to describe a person's eyes that were exhausted and dried up of tears after unstoppable weeping. Now Asaph was saying that during times of trial and trouble, he was so burdened that he was physically drained. And he was also completely drained of emotional strength, didn't have any emotional strength to go on. And he was exhausted from trying to understand what was happening, why God was doing what he was doing, why the evil are prospering, why is God delaying prayer? The constant why was what Asaph was wondering. And these challenges to his faith and trust in God left him completely consumed and at the end of his rope. And that sounds like something that you and I may go through when we're praying for our prodigals, wondering when is God going to answer our prayers? Sometimes the situation may intensify instead of getting better, and we wonder if God is even listening. And again, Asaph in his Psalms of Lament was often at the end of his rope. But like we shared earlier, the Psalms of Lament changed focus to a positive, faith-filled hope. Asaph expressed that throughout his trials and difficulties, even though they're weighing him down and taking a toll on him physically, and emotionally, he doesn't need to understand what is happening 
or why. And what's the reason? Because he saw God as his strength and portion. Strength in Hebrew here is the word tsur, tsur. And that Hebrew word tsur for strength is the picture of a large boulder, unmovable and stable. When used figuratively to describe God, tsur is the Hebrew word used that gives a picture of God as a source of strength. Asaph also said God was his portion. And that Hebrew word for portion is chelech, chelech. And it literally describes an inheritance. Usually in biblical times, it was land or territory left to a family member. Obtaining a portion or a chelech was considered a source of blessing and security to whoever received it. And so Asaph was describing the Lord as a source of strength, stability, security, and blessing. In despite of, and in times of difficulty, when he was at the end of his rope and his faith was challenged, he trusted in God for continued strength, security, and encouragement. God, not his circumstances, was the source of his stability and blessing. All would be well. All was under the Lord's control. So what does this all mean to you and I in our situations, our prodigals? Well, just this, that while we wait for our prodigal sons and daughters to come to the Lord, we may find ourselves perhaps wearing down with despair or discouragement, especially perhaps if their resistance to the gospel is firm, or like I mentioned earlier, their behavior is intensifying. It seems that we're praying for a breakthrough when the opposite is happening. The enemy might try to also lie to us and try to convince us that our prodigals are not going to be saved. They're too tough a nut to crack. Maybe other people can be saved but maybe if our prodigals weren't that bad, there was a chance. But not our sons and daughters. No chance for them. They are too much in bondage. Those are lies from the enemy that we need to resist. That we need to pray against. All these things can take a toll, both physically and emotionally. But thank God that when our flesh and our emotional strength are wearing down, God is our source for continued strength, endurance, stability, and encouragement. So we need to continue to pray for our prodigals and not allow the enemy to wear us down in discouragement. I'd like to conclude this devotional with another word of prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this word that you've put in my heart to share with the listeners this evening. And Lord, I pray that what was shared penetrate the hearts and the minds of listeners who are hearing this podcast live, or perhaps hearing it at a later date through downloading, perhaps, Lord. Lord, help us not to become discouraged. Help us not to give up praying 
fasting, believing, and trusting. And even though the difficulties may wear us down physically, even though we may become emotionally drained, you, Lord, are the continued source of strength. When our strength ends, your strength picks up, Lord God. Those who trust in the Lord, your word says, Lord God, will be like eagles. Our faith will soar if we place our complete confidence in you, Heavenly Father. You are the source of our strength and our stability. Help us to continually trust in you. You will answer our prayers for our prodigals. We need to trust your timing and your method. It's all in your hands, Lord God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're reaching the halfway point of our program. And at the halfway point, we usually share a musical interlude with you. As I've said, this is a live call-in program, and we welcome you to call in and share a scripture, an insight, a word of encouragement. We have listeners in North Carolina, some in Alaska, Oklahoma, most of them are in New York. We have listeners in Texas and Florida. We have listeners overseas, some in Japan, some in Brazil. And some listeners may not be able to hear this podcast live. Uh, they may be listening to it at a later date due to time differences, geographical time differences. They may not be able to hear it live. In the event that is the case, many of our listeners download the podcast and listen to it later on. And that's okay because the Holy Spirit knows no bounds geographically or time-wise. And the Holy Spirit can bless you if you're listening to this live or if you're listening to it at a later date through download. And so we thank you for tuning into this program. And again, we invite you to be a live participant and later on, after our musical interlude, we'll be sharing more insights. And then we do have several prayer requests that we will be bringing before the throne of grace. Several people have contacted us here at Parents of Prodigals to present their loved ones to be lifted up to the throne of grace in prayer and supplication. You know, prayer is not just prayer and supplication and intercession. It's also warfare. Some of our prodigal sons and daughters, like I mentioned earlier, are in deep bondage to certain things, and the enemy refuses to let them go. Many of these things are demonic in nature. These days, young people are turning to the occult, crystals, and new age. These are satanic movements that the enemy has our young people bound in. Trusting in mediums and trusting in the energy, so to speak, of rocks and crystals, or maybe astrology. Some young people are turning to Satanism or are Wiccans. The enemy has them deceived 
turning to everything else except Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so when we pray, we don't just petition and request, but we also come against the powers of darkness, the principalities and powers, the rulers of this world, demons, Satan, who has our young people in bondage. We rebuke the power of the enemy and declare deliverance for our prodigal sons and daughters. Prayer is warfare. And sometimes it can be very taxing and wearing as we do battle in prayer. And if that's what's necessary to do, then we need to do it. These are the very, very last seconds, the last moments. And the rapture could take place soon. And so we must enter warfare for the salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters so that they don't miss the rapture or do not enter a Christless grave. And so we are going to go into a musical interlude. When we return, we will come back with the second part of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And again, we hope that you call in and share your insights, a word of encouragement, a testimony, a scripture, or perhaps a prayer request. And so we will see you in a few moments after our musical interlude with the second part of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Age to age, you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai El Kamkana Adonai I will praise and lift you high El Shaddai Through your love and through the realm You save the sun God who really sees And by your might You set your children free El Shaddai, El Shaddai El Elyon Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai I will praise you till I die, El Shaddai. Through the years you made it clear that the time of Christ was near. Though the people couldn't see what Messiah ought to be. And though your words contained the plan, they just could not most awesome work was done in the frailty of your son, El Shaddai. 
Age to age, you're still the same by the power of the name. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Kamkana Adonai. I will praise you till I die, El Shaddai. I will praise you till I die. Each day, each day, I fall. Apart. 
Like a book bag that's on my back. I was lost, I ain't seen no way coming back. I see the clouds, I see that I'm about to be attacked. What's my next move? How am I gonna react? Guess I'm about to take another L. I'm praying as I'm sitting in my cell. I'm praying through the storm that I'm sitting in. I'm praying because His grace is what I'm living in. And I ain't gonna break under pressure. Mine. 12 years I put in a lot of time. I found out that my daughter wasn't mine. Now I feel like I'm about to lose my mind. Can't sleep, can't eat, can't move a function. I tried to end my own life, I was lunching. But my God showed me I would see some better days. Yeah, I made it through the storm with prayer and some prayers. And I ain't gonna break under pressure. Well, we praise God for that musical interlude. That last number, the first two actually, were from two Christian music artists. That last number, Through the Storm, was composed and performed by our brother, Jerron Wilkins Jr. And we had our brother Jerron on our program several weeks back where he gave his testimony about what the Lord had delivered him from, the things he was involved with, the places he was going, the things he was doing. The Lord has blessed our brother Jerron with a wonderful gift of spoken word and music. And he shares his testimony and what God had done and is continuing doing in his life. He was on our program live sharing his story. And hopefully young people who heard his story can relate or would relate and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through his testimony on the power of God and how the Lord can deliver from anything and save and sanctify and fill with the Holy Spirit. You know, I mentioned earlier the variety of habits or lifestyles or activities that young people are becoming involved with. And these days, many young adults, as I've said before, are turning to witchcraft as a way to rebel against their conservative Christian upbringings. Young adults in America are far less likely to identify themselves as Christians than previous generations of Americans, but that doesn't mean that they've given up on searching for spiritual meaning in their lives. 
They just shifted gears and are turning to other spiritual avenues. According to Wikipedia, one very popular form of witchcraft, known as Wicca, has been growing at a rate of more than 100% annually in recent years. And this has been at a time when Christianity has been in decline in our country. Now, of course, other pagan and occult groups have been exploding in popularity as well. One of the primary reasons for this is because many young adults are seeking ways to rebel against their conservative Christian upbringings. There have been many articles written about how young adults in this country are far more politically liberal than their parents and grandparents. And this cultural shift in values and permissiveness does have a spiritual dimension to it as well. There's an organization called the Barna Group. They conducted a study that found that only 4% of Americans aged 18 to 29 have a biblical worldview. Only 4%. The shocking truth is that the values of most millennials, this current generation of youth, much more easily fit into pagan spirituality than they do evangelical Christian churches. If you want to sleep around with as many people as possible, that's okay in Wicca and in witchcraft. If you want to take drugs and get high every day, that's permitted in the occult. If you want to be a radical pro-abortion feminist, that's okay in the occult. If you want to live an alternative lifestyle and live a life of complete permissiveness, that's acceptable and permissible in the occult. Essentially, one of the great draws and attractions of the occult is that nobody holds you accountable for anything, and that you can do so many of the things that the Bible, the Word of God, commands you not to do. And so for those that wish to rebel against their Christian upbringings, getting involved in witchcraft can seem quite natural. There are many recording artists young recording artists who grew up in Christian homes. And God has blessed them with a wonderful gift. And they've taken this gift and misused it and have turned to performing secular songs that glorify permissive sex, drugs. Some recording artists even glorify Satan in their music. And so we think about this as we think about our prodigal sons and daughters, that all these young people return back to the faith, that the Lord touch their hearts, redirect their thinking, and turn them back to the Lord. You know, it's not just you and I, as human moms and dads and guardians who have prodigals, God himself is the parent of prodigals. We read in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. An ox knows its owner, and a donkey 
recognizes where it gets its provision. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, often rebelled against his authority, many times turning to pagan and occult practices of the surrounding nations where they lived, building idols and living in moral lifestyles as well as worshiping false gods, sometimes even trying to combine these false beliefs with their belief in the true God. Many times God sent prophets to warn them to turn back to him. Many times they killed these prophets and ignored them. God would have to do what needed to be done to get their attention. Through conquest, through judgments, storms, captivity, exile, or conquest, God did what he had to do to get the attention of his people. And God will do what needs to be done in the lives of our prodigals as we pray for them to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we lift up our prodigals in prayer. We have several requests that came in, and we need to acknowledge these requests. The first request is the daughter of our dear brother, Jamie Shock. Now, our brother, Jamie Shock, has a daughter named China. And China has a friend named Alexa. And Jamie and his wife have been praying for years for their daughter, China, to come to Christ, to abandon the patterns of living that she was involved with. And there was a conversation that Jamie and I had at our local church where we both mutually attend. And I had inquired of him how China was doing. And during that last conversation, he expressed that he was in somewhat of despairing emotion over her. And that we would continue to pray for China. A week later, I received a text message from Brother Jamie, who told me, that his daughter had attended a revival meeting. China is serving in the military overseas, and she had attended, as well as her friend Alexa, attended a revival meeting. And it was at this meeting where she and Alexa surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, were delivered, and are now serving the Lord. And so I rejoice, we rejoice with our brother Jamie, but we have to continue in prayer and supplication, petition and intercession that the word fall on good ground and that both China and Alexa persevere in the faith and that the enemy does not snatch the word which fell apparently on good ground. The enemy would love nothing more than to discourage a new believer but we're going to lift up China and Alexa in prayer right now. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord God, for the salvation of China and Alexa. The prayer of a parent's heart that their children come to Christ. And Lord, I thank you and praise you, Lord, that you did what needed to be done. You led China and Alexa to a church meeting where they heard the word of God and they both surrendered their life to you, Heavenly Father. I thank you so much for their salvation. I thank you for their deliverance, Lord. But we pray that work continue, Lord God. We pray that your Holy Spirit continue to hold on to China and Alexa. That they persevere, that they not give up. They're new in the faith and the enemy does not want to see them to stay in the faith. And so we pray for their encouragement, their strengthening that your Holy Spirit feed them and nurture them. Bring them to a church, bring them to a fellowship where they'll hear the word of ministered to them. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We rebuke the power of the enemy. We rebuke the demonic forces that would love to turn them away back into old lifestyles and old ways. We rebuke the enemy. We pray against the forces of darkness and we thank you, Lord God, that you have saved them both. Help them to continue to persevere in the faith. Hold on to them, Lord God, and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Every week we pray for a young man by the name of Edgar. He is the adult son of a dear brother and sister in Christ named Frank and Rose, who attend Sole Purpose Evangelical Church. And Edgar, apparently about what we were told, is living a certain lifestyle which is unbiblical. And he's living this lifestyle before in front of his young daughter. And so the request for Edgar on his behalf is that he come to Christ. He was resistant to coming to church, and we have been praying that the Lord begin a work, even perhaps to touch his heart that he come to church. Well, several weeks ago, the Lord moved, and Edgar did come to Soul Purpose Evangelical Church for a Sunday morning service and heard the word of God. Now, I don't know whether or not he accepted Christ or not. But this is the beginning of an answer to prayer. God is moving and beginning the work. And so we need the work to continue. And so we will lift up Edgar in prayer again, as we do every week, and his young daughter. Father, we just come before you thanking you for another answer to prayer in touching the heart of this young man, Edgar. Lord, he was resistant to coming to church, and you touched his heart. And he came to a service and heard your word preached. And now, Lord, I just pray, we pray, we touch and agree for Edgar. I touch and agree with his parents, if they're listening to this podcast. We unite in prayer for Edgar. And you continue the work that you began in him. Continue to touch his heart. Bring him back for another church service, if not at sole purpose, somewhere else. But do what needs to be done, Heavenly Father. It may be through a Christian song, a gospel track, 
maybe someone who's witnessing to him at his job, no matter where it is, Heavenly Father. We pray that you begin the work, continue the work in Edgar's life. Save him, Lord God. Give him absolutely no rest, no peace until he surrender his life to you, Lord God. Do what needs to be done. If you need to knock him off his horse and blind him, like Paul, do what needs to be done, Heavenly Father. Better that than end up in a Christless grave or left behind after the rapture. Save Edgar's soul. Deliver him from whatever he's in bondage to. We rebuke the enemy in Edgar's life right now. We command the forces of darkness to release him from whatever hold they have on him. We pray for his young daughter that you put a hedge of protection around this child. Protect her, Lord God. Send a battalion, a regiment, an army of angels around this young child to protect her, to guard her from any harm from the evil one. We pray that your Holy Spirit infiltrate and permeate that household. And I pray for Edgar's parents that you continue to give them perseverance, to continue steadfast in prayer, continuously looking on the road, for Edgar will be on it if he isn't already on it. Lord, we know you'll answer this prayer. We commit Edgar into your hands. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the answer. Amen. Every week we also pray for a young lady by the name of Angelica. And Angelica, her prayer needs were brought before us by her family members who were tremendously burdened by the activities and the lifestyle she was engaged in. And the enemy has Angela bound, but there are no chains, no shackles that the Holy Spirit cannot break. And so we're going to enter into prayer and petition for Angelica. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we lift up Angelica to you, Lord God. This young lady, Lord, we don't know all the details, but you do, Heavenly Father. You know what she's involved with. You know what she's doing, who she's with, where she is going, what she's saying. Whatever she's in bondage to, Lord God, you know the information, you know the details. We don't need to know. You know, Lord God. And we pray that whatever she's in bondage to, that you deliver her, free her, break the bonds and shackles or whatever have her bound. We pray for her salvation, Lord God, that in her case also, you do what needs to be done that she come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. A young woman, Lord God, make her become, turn her into the woman of God, the Ruth, the Esther, the Deborah, that you want her to become. Save her soul. Deliver her from the powers of darkness, from the bondage of darkness. Whatever she's doing, deliver her from doing it. Whoever she's hanging out with, lure her away from them. Whatever lifestyle she's in bondage to, snatch her out of it. Lord God, like, like Abraham went into the enemy's camp and freed Lot with an army of his warriors, we enter into the enemy's camp right now and we claim freedom and deliverance for Angelica. We pray for her, Lord God, that you save her soul. 
Deliver her from the powers of darkness. We pray for her family members, Lord God, that if they're becoming discouraged, Lord God, like our scripture said earlier, although our flesh and our heart may fail, you, Lord, are our strength. You are our portion. We don't have to understand. All we have to do is trust. And so give Angelica's parents strength, perseverance, so that they continue trusting in you for the answer to these prayers. Lord, be with them, comfort them, strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we have one more prayer request that we want to bring before the throne of grace. We have a sister by the name of Margaret, and Margaret has two sons, Alex and Nick. And this is an unspoken request. Apparently, Alex and Nick may or may not be saved. But the Lord knows the details, like we said before. And so we're going to lift up Alex and Nick in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you so much for Margaret, a praying woman, a praying mother, a woman of God who loves her children and wants to see them enter the gates of heaven as believers, Lord God. Give Margaret strength and perseverance as we prayed for the other parents as well, Heavenly Father. She loves her sons and doesn't want to see them left behind after the rapture takes place, nor does she want to see them enter a Christless grave, nor does she want to see her sons tormented by the evil one daily. And so we pray for Margaret that you strengthen her as a mom. You encourage her. Give her the assurance in her heart that this prayer for her sons will be answered. We pray for Alex and Nick, Lord God, these two young men, whatever they're involved with, whatever they're doing, if they're saved and they're cold spiritually, restore them back to the faith. Give them revival in their souls. Bring them back to the fold. Light a fire underneath them. Let them see their need to recommit their lives to you and live as men of God. If they're not saved, Heavenly Father, we pray for them as well, that you give neither of them any rest, no sleep at night, no peace during the day, until they recognize their need for you, Lord Jesus. Your word says there is no rest or peace for the wicked. And Lord God, we pray that you give neither of these two young men rest until they recognize that their eternity is at stake. The salvation of their souls is at stake. We don't want to see them enter a Christless grave. We don't want to see them get left behind when the rapture takes place. And so whatever they're involved with, whatever they're in bondage to, whatever they're doing, wherever they're going, whoever they're with, that you deliver them from all these things. We pray for their deliverance, the snatching of both these young men from the clutches of the evil one that they enter the fold of the children of God. Save both these young men. Touch their hearts. Lord, you know how young men can be. Prideful, boastful, hardened, pleasure-seeking. We pray deliverance from all these things, Lord God, on behalf of these two young men. Snatch them from all these frames of mind. 
If their hearts are hardened, soften them. If their eyes are closed to the truth, open them. If their mind is closed to the truth, open their minds. If their ears are closed to the gospel, unstop those ears. Do all these things, Lord God, so that their mouths will be opened and they'll confess you, Lord Jesus, as their master and their savior. If these two young men, deliver them. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. And again, Lord God, we can't say it enough. Give them no peace. Maybe they'll go to a church. Maybe they'll run into a co-worker who's saved. Maybe they'll be given a gospel track. Maybe they'll hear a Christian song. Whatever vehicle of communication you need to use, Lord, do it, Lord God. Do what needs to be done to save these two young men. Again, the alternative is a Christless eternity in hell. We don't want that for these two young men. So save them both. Sanctify them both. Fill them with your spirit and turn them into the men of God. We know you can transform them to be. We rebuke the power of the enemy. We come against it. We proclaim salvation and deliverance for these two young men. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for the answer that we know is already coming. We claim it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to the conclusion of our time together. We are approaching the 8 o'clock mark. And as always, we want to encourage all of you to continue in prayer for your prodigal sons and daughters. The Thanksgiving holiday is approaching next Thursday. Uh, we will not be on the air next Thursday. We will all be celebrating with our families. We will return the subsequent Thursday for the next Parents of Prodigals podcast. But next Thursday, which I believe is the 24th, is the Thanksgiving holiday. And we will not be on the air. But we will post on our website the date and the time of our next subsequent podcast. Until that time, we will continue in prayer. The end of this podcast does not mean the conclusion of intercession. Let us continue steadfast in prayer, watching therein, and to continue to pray for our prodigal sons and daughters and believe for their salvation. So continue in prayer, being steadfast, watching therein. And as always, every Thursday, I conclude this podcast by telling you, encouraging you, watch the road. Your prodigal, our prodigals, will be on it. God bless you, and good night.